0: Salutations in it. Uh, it's your old pal Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the Hamilton Clinic, uh, apparently named after my weirdness. Uh, this is Kill by Kill, and usually we're talking about horror movie characters in the order in which they die, but for February, we're focusing on the after dark version of Kill by Kill, where we're looking at the sexier side of horror. And of course, there is only one person I trust when I need to get my bra off by scalpel. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina?
1: Cutting off bra straps in this economy? <laughs> do, you, do you do you know how much bras cost these days?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, my note specifically about that section is I really hope Sybil Danning was getting hazard pay. Cause I'm telling you right now, I don't want anyone cutting off my bra with a real scalpel. That's not a portion of my body really i'm not volunteering any portion of my body to get up close and personal for a scalpel session
1: Yeah, especially cut off by someone who is going very much out of his way to to
0: not show much so so show so much as an inch of skin (laughs) well i don't know what what inches of his skin we need or want to see um, yeah. And everyone also can't touch his hair is what just it's going to come off in their hand. <laughs> just, it's like graduation day all over again. Simple <laughs> Danny just reaches underneath his scalp and lifts it off his head. That's what I was waiting for, but we were denied. Uh, now, Gina, I don't want to scare you, but we are not alone. That's right. We have a special guest. Now, you know her as a writer and a film producer, and of course, her work as the director of the incredible Salem Horror Fest. And now she's a returning champion here to Kill by Kill, the one, the only, Kay Lynch. How are you doing today, Kay? Cue the sassy saxophone. (laughs)
1: there's a lot there's an excessive amount of saxophone in this oh Oh, hell yeah
2: yeah and and i just have to go on the record you guys already went there so i have to say that i am you know watching this i'm like how are all these ladies falling for this creep he's so ugly and weird and then he does that with the scalpel i'm like oh i get it I was going to say, but, but
1: remember, he was featured in People Magazine, Kay. Come
0: yeah.
2: on. <laughs> right. That seems to
0: be the social lubrication for Robert Vaughn in this. Is that, ladies, once you've been in People Magazine, they're like, I guess I just throw myself at you. I just. <laughs> seems to be a button you push.
2: I guess so. I mean, I guess there weren't many options in 1983. It was, it, was peri- it was a lean period. It was a lean period.
0: yes if if robert vaughn was the sexiest you could possibly get then we're we're in serious trouble (laughs) absolutely Um, (laughs) now uh kay what was your introduction to the hitchhiker
2: you know honestly i can't remember exactly other than i heard of its reputation of mm-hmm. being an example of a positive portrayal of the trans experience mm-hmm. and when I saw, wait, 1983? I don't know about that. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that seems unlikely. Yeah. Certainly. It, it, it sounded, yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, and so I had to check it out and I did and I was like pretty blown away because even today we don't see anything nearly as sympathetic or just authentic to the experience um and you know this is like a sleazy exploitive story and uh the trans character does become the villain in the end or at least engages in villainous activity um but i think it's extremely cathartic you know in most trans stories um and exploitation films the anxiety is it, it we're put in the eyes of someone who's freaked out by the trans characters but oh well, this is so weird and scary and the anxiety and the sympathy is supposed to be the person witnessing them but here it's the exact opposite all the anxiety is on nita's side of being of being in the situation where you have a distracted doctor who you're under their care and not going to be going under the knife for. And it's really frightening.
0: I I would agree with you. I I was talking, chatting with Gina uh, before we logged on here. Um, I have never been in any way, shape, or form frightened, moved, emotionally connected to any episode of The Hitchhiker. (laughs) And this is the first time it happened. And it, I it is weird that so it is so exploitative. And yet when it comes to her character, they go out of their way to give her sections where she brings a human experience to this, one that yeah. lends itself to going, I care for this person, the position this person is in at this moment in time. Her speech, when this intern comes in and says, if you're doubting what's happening, perhaps you should pause and wait. And she delivers a very heartfelt monologue about, about what has happened to get her to this point in her life. And she's not about to wait now. And the the entire time, everyone's chanting, no, wait, no, don't, no, don't. And it gets to the surgery scene and everyone's like, no, don't, no, don't, don't. There's no episode of The Hitchhiker that actually causes genuine human emotion before this. It's It starts and ends here.
1: Yeah, I I was surprised that this is you know an, an island of good taste and even compassion you yeah. know in in what is otherwise a, a a pretty you know yeah a sleazy episode where you've got someone you know snorting coke off someone's boob and and <laughs> but it's just like other than the like all the scenes involving her are are you know written with some level of insight, which I was, you know, particularly for 1983, which, which, you know... that was, you know, uh, being grossed out by the trans woman is, un- was unfortunately a repeated gag over and over again, well into the nineties and beyond. So when I read what this episode was about, cause I don't actually remember this, this one from its original run, I was like, oh boy, time to strap in because this is not going to be, this is not going <laughs> to be handled particularly sensitively. And then I was, I was very surprised.
2: Yeah, I related to this very deeply. Like, it is very authentic, at least in my experience. Of course, I can't speak to everyone. But for me, this really rang true. I actually just went through this procedure earlier this year. And so, um, yeah, in a lot of ways, it's very accurate. And and the way, you know, that monologue is really touching. And her character is handled with with so much sympathy. And it's, it's just, it's really sweet. And I I, I just wrote a couple lines here. She said, I never knew there could be uh, such pain for so long. Waves of pain. I knew I wanted to be a woman. I am a woman. All I have gone through and now I'm this close. Like I've said those exact (laughs) words because once I got the green light to move forward with the surgery, um, you know, I waited three years. And once I got the approval, they were like, okay, we're going to go in 30 days. Whoa, what? (laughs) do we have any other options yeah uh three months later we could do it and i was like hell no like whatever it takes we're doing it now and um yeah it's just really refreshing
1: you kind of had to like put all that anxiety you like well you know i'm going through i'm awaiting getting a kidney transplant so i i, I will likely find myself in the same situation where it's like okay it's go time and it's like yeah. i don't i don't have any time to think about it. am i ready for this it's just like okay it's right now it's gotta you know pack your bags it's time and it's terrifying and exhilarating and and yeah so it's 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 you know it's interesting that they would have that sort
0: of offer that sort of insight
2: yeah. It's, it's I, very, I'm sorry,
0: please, Kay, go ahead.
2: Oh, oh I was just going to say, honestly, it's for the best to just kind of go, oh, it's happening now because... You know, once it got close there was like two weeks where i was everything was in slow motion and i was like am i really doing this and, and i got really i get so scared um but if i had an extra 90 days to freak out about it i don't know <laughs> it would that not actually
1: probably finish. be worse than you think about it cuz then you Absolutely. have like you have plenty of time to think up all the worst case scenarios and and you know give yourself you know 10,000 panic attacks and you know, whereas if it's okay it's you know, it's going to be next week or you know exactly exactly 30 days, you kind of go into that autopilot where it's like, okay, I just have to focus on, you know, packing my bags and getting my paperwork finalized. And I don't have time to think about, you know, what could go wrong.
2: That's exactly right. Uh,
0: I just, it, it's fascinating in so many ways. And I, what I think this is this weirdly enough, this episode is emblematic of is that you, you, the way people frame the trans experience it's this monolithic thing when we all know it's as individual as anything else and at this point in my life i have uh met, you know been able to be friends with and met people before after their transitions met kids who are you know, gender questioning and moving through that world and having to uh, deal with those issues of understanding who they are and knowing that it's it's not a definitive question that they can answer right now. All these things are very individual. When you confront these things individually, they are not strange and unusual. They are very, very common and they all you can't point to that and go, "Oh, that's a monolithic bad thing." No, obviously it's not. It's a human thing that people go through, and it is—it is not about me in that situation. And why this is communicated so clearly? In The Hitchhiker. HBO's <laughs> The Hitchhiker. HBO's softcore horror anthology. Right. <laughs> There's as many boobs in this episode of The Hitchhiker <laughs> as any other episode. And yet, it is able to, you know, cr- create a character that is that can clearly been given time and space to share a personal truth. And- What happened, you know, well, Kay, you know, you could cast it as the villain. I think what she really is allowed to do is get revenge. Get revenge the same way, uh, you know, the main character in Death Wish gets revenge. (laughs) She's been wronged. She's absolutely been wronged. And so she gets a level of revenge. And I would argue not the level the person who needs the vengeance really deserves agreed
1: (laughs) oh yeah look at that scarring at the end it's like oh man just just go to another plastic surgeon you could get that scarring taken care of exactly
2: yeah oh no you confronted (laughs) (laughs) Zoro.
1: meanwhile this poor woman looks like on top of everything else he like dumped a vat of acid on her face and and, Uh, and, and all he's got is like you know a couple little scars on 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 one side of his
0: face uh yeah Uh, i don't think (laughs) The, the the makeup here leaves a lot to be desired on almost all fronts. I um, agree. <laughs> I it just, I don't quite understand the character Nina Russell. They make this big thing of obviously people noticing uh, that in many ways she presents as feminine, but in her face she, she has masculine features. And you're like, okay, I get that concept. And then they reveal her and...
2: Oh no, um, she has a scar on her chin. Like that's all I noticed. She's got well, like a, they, she's got kind of like a like a
1: like a Bruce Campbell chin almost, and yeah, it's like and that that as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but people are like doing double takes, and and there's and it's like, okay, I guess,
0: sure, I guess. I mean, she's got a giant cleft chin. Does it look slightly Dick Tracy villain-esque? Yes. Only because of the makeup, <laughs> not because of the right. concept.
2: Yeah. No, she's like two clicks away from Jim Hansen's studio. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I
0: again, would I ever, in my wildest dreams, think the hitchhiker could even accomplish the physical aspects of this, nevertheless, the emotional. I'm much happier that they actually focus their attention on the emotional rather than the physical. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> that being said, yeah. I think part of the problem is is they also say out loud the best makeup is the makeup you don't see
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then go out of their way to show you every seam of the makeup on this person's face.
2: Yeah. And at the end she, you know, she's been totally fucked up in this surgery and overnight, she does this makeup job that's, like, incredible. And it's like, honey, that's a lot cheaper. <laughs> you had the ability
0: to mission impossible your way through life before? Yes, this? She, she, she is, nice. she's, she's wearing another woman's face. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, it's just like, how did you fit the previous face? Why didn't you do fit the previous face underneath that face? I get the idea of surgery, and yet, like, She's doing the right. This is not her fault, everybody. (laughs) But um, also, like every episode of The Hitchhiker, it's just lit within an inch of its life. Like they bring in the Klieg lights so they never have to move (laughs) anything. And it's not helping the makeup job. They just undercut that visual element of it, which is unfortunate because the script actually makes
2: a lot of sense it really does and especially in that consultation scene when she's laying down um, and I'm like honey <laughs> I'm like, it's, it is not my place to say you know to, to, to say what you may want to consider or not but you know because I've actually had a lot of people tell me oh but I'm going to miss your nose or I'm going to miss I had, a, I had a left chin too oh, I'm going to miss the dump of your chin I always say well I'll put it in a jar for you and like <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my choice. Like, I don't care what you think about it. But like, it's, you know, because it's, it's clearly as this woman who is is under this makeup. And so she's lying there under all of that light. It was like, oh, they could have maybe done better job here. but If they had gone
0: a bit more subtle, it actually would have been more effective than the over-the-topness. But again... The hitchhiker only has the over-the-top gear, which only makes the fact that she is allowed to be a human, a real human being, and space to state her dilemma all the more surprising. It just actually evokes a human emotion and I just never would have expected that out of the hitchhiker. It's just so out of pocket mm-hmm. for the show.
1: Yeah, they could have mm-hmm. with a couple with a couple rewrites they could have made her the typical duplicitous villain and instead she talks she talks about you know men reacting to her as if as if she's deceiving them in some way and again that's like that's you know and, and in a way that's like you know heartfelt and not in a way it's supposed to make the audience you know well you know you know feel like well it's your fault they feel that way you know you're you're meant to you empathize with her which which again for 1983 that that is wild
2: it really is and it and it really gets to the anxiety of the trans experience cuz like i've been in that situation where i went home with someone i swore had to have known like this guy was a complete idiot <laughs> because <laughs> when he when he didn't I, I realized oh shit like whoopee Goldberg, <laughs> you're in danger girl <laughs> um, and and um, i was i would not have gone home with him if i thought he didn't know and um and it's oh my gosh it's so terrifying so when the scene in this um i totally was like (laughs) and but she's the the level of deception that she's employing here is like done in a way that is like tales of the crypt sweet revenge you know Mm -hmm. it's done in a way where she's like no like i'm gonna make this exactly what you deserve and it, it like mirrors the conversation from before and um, yeah, it's just—it is really satisfying.
1: Well, she's like playing. She's playing into his weaknesses, which is all of them. He has all the weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, she, what are
0: the, I think it would be faster to list his strengths. Yeah. Because that list would not be very long.
1: I'm pretty sure. As far as strengths, I'm pretty sure that that toupee is bulletproof. But other than that. <laughs> Um. Uh. You know, she plays right into. You know, he's got places to go, but you know, maybe he'll put that aside so he can go get laid. I mean, because you know, it's it's easy to just you know, not go on a plane trip because you know a sexy lady is checking you out, and you know she you know how easily he his ego is stroked, and and you know she's she's like honed in on all of his weaknesses. So while while he thinks that you know he's got some level of power over her for being able to you know, make her face, you, you know, more aesthetically attractive, you know, and, and she's also paying attention to him and, and see what makes him tick.
2: Oh yeah. Well, and in that, in that or, or first scene of them together in that like initial consultation in his office, um, he, he treats, he, there's some like tone in his voice. It's like, Oh, well, g- my gender is reassignment. Huh? And you no, know, it, but it, Ultimately it's not not so bad. The part that's like when he's when he kind of like sneers at the idea that they might be in the similar line of business because she's mm-hmm. in makeup and he's in surgery, and he's very condescending to her in a misogynist way, like he as as a woman, not for being trans. And that's another thing that I've experienced where I'm like are you treating me like this because I'm trans or because I'm a woman? <laughs> <Because> sometimes, <laughs> they're di- sometimes they're different. Sometimes.
0: They- <laughs> um, what, a, what a beautiful double-edged sword you found for yourself. Congratulations. Uh, uh,
2: <laughs> it is the worst kind of validation. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh sex. Uh, wait a minute. going to laugh until I cry. This is great. <laughs> yeah. But so at the end, yo, know, it's, it's like, she's totally rubbing it in his face because he, uh, because he did not take her seriously and she she's like like fuck you dude you, you couldn't even tell
0: right uh it, she really hoists him upon his own uh, petard as it were um and uh, just for the it's just so people who may, might not watch the episode which is available uh, like almost all of the uh, episodes of the hitchhiker is available on youtube um dr christopher Christopher Hamilton, no relation, played by (laughs) Robert Vaughn with his chin consistently reaching for the stars, is a plastic surgeon who thinks a lot of what he does. Um, He goes off in front of uh, his intern students uh, with a monologue that he repeats not once, not twice, but thrice. Of flesh is an illusion. Michelangelo worked in stone. I am a sculptor too. Okay. I assume he's not talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he might be. Part- it
2: was a party, dude. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, he he able to do surgery. While doing other things, we sh- we see this with the with the interns. He's able to i fuck somebody while performing surgery. So that takes talent. Yes. I don't
2: care who you are. That that takes talent. Yeah, mm. and it's Michelle uh, Scarabelli who is in one of my favorite shows, Alien She's so cool. Oh, uh, is that where she's I wearing saw her way before. too much makeup and not operating theater I'm but like, the oh. eyes are
0: the same she
2: has really crazy eyes yeah and her lipstick too i'm like this is a bit much for surgery <laughs> <laughs> it's been but she's also making up you know in the
0: hotness department for everyone her around her which looked like <laughs> homunculi in white coats.
2: yeah especially the male intern who is extremely sweet he's like the only good person um, right? At, at, who, who was that? the hospital right. and, and
0: like he later on he approaches you know dr hamilton no relation and <laughs> says you know what you're doing is is incredibly skillful and everything but i just I I think like if if I go into it, I want to you know do it in such a way that helps the world with you know burn victims. No no no. He's like son, if you want to help the world, join the Peace Corps. Like, do they have a pl- killer plastic surgery brigade that I'm unaware of?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, there there is a a great deal of of use for a plastic surgeon who specializes in reconstructive surgery. Yes, and not like boob jobs. <laughs> you know, like, so. Yeah.
0: But, like, Dr. Hamilton, no relation, is just so (laughs) horny 24-7 that he can't listen to other people. He just, he's overcome by his penis at all times when he doesn't have a scalpel in his hands. And then later, when he does. So, you know, as if HBO mandated boobs, you know, at the 11-minute mark in his office, one of those interns is completely naked on his couch with a giant fan and i mean literally a giant fan for whatever reason and then they're like that's not enough we need more boobs and so she gets up and walks around the entire room so you can see that he has like grecian and roman uh, figurines and mm-hmm. statues
2: in his office Right, like right off of the hallway. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> he hands her a coat. Like put this on, then walk out the door. I, the uh, she's gonna need more than just that coat, my man. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, did they uh, fuck on that couch? Patients sit there. That's gross. So gross.
1: Yeah, that's definitely yeah. a hygienic issue there. Mm-hmm. She
2: looks great though. She looks very pretty.
0: <laughs> oh, she's gorgeous. Um, and then. Uh, doctor just asking questions junior uh later confronts dr hamilton no relation outside of the office building and this is where we meet sybil danning and the camera just loves sybil danning oh my god that's bad just point at her for as long as it could possibly take and i started to feel a little guilty ogling sybil danning because it just doesn't seem right unless the theme song, the howling to your sister's a werewolf is playing in the background.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then it's okay. Well, all, I, yeah. all I will, all I will say is this is Sybil looks very excited to be there.
2: <laughs> yeah, she really does. Got yeah, She even winks like, cause he's like, I've seen all your movies, even the old ones. And he like, <laughs> I did not think that that was like a dig or anything. He was like, Oh, I didn't mean it the way it sounded. I'm like, what do you mean? That, okay. But I'm like, yeah I saw Howling too as well (laughs) I'd be I'd be flabbergasted I mean this this woman looks like she's from like a sex planet in outer space like she's way (laughs) beyond any mere mortal like she shows up it's like wow who is this lady (laughs) so you can see
0: why Robert Vaughn's character just simply cannot think straight in her presence and he's just got like He's supposed to be in a consult with Nina. He blows it off and then starts doing blow simply because Sybil Danning is in his orbit and he cannot help himself.
2: No, I mean, you would think just wait two more days until Friday, man. (laughs) Right? right? Jesus. (laughs) But, but then again, it is the <laughs> <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> Listen, we all think we can think straight in pressure situations. And then yeah. Sibyl Danning enters the room and the theme song to The Howling 2 starts playing and in the background. And like,
1: a, the, she's cutting cocaine on her boobies and it's right. like, well, all right, hold my calls, <laughs> okay. I
2: guess. I that red lingerie, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But even stranger is that once he makes the ca- the cut to her bra with the scalpel, the whole time you're holding your breath. You're like, oh, oh no, oh no, and and then
2: uh, he or or I'm, I'm out. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep going. It's yeah.
0: all right till it's right, <laughs> and then if it goes wrong, it goes real wrong. That's the really um, excitement. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Thanks. <laughs> it's the danger,
2: don't you see? <laughs>
0: um, I yeah, I the danger I felt in that situation was again that that Sybil was going to go underneath the the toupee, and we were going to see what <laughs> oh. he was really doing on that scalp. But while she's avoiding the top of his head, he's like buried his face in her cleavage, and then basically starts palming her face like a basketball <laughs> like uh, is i i like to think i again I, I hate to brag but i have had the sex but is this what sex is because i have not palmed the face of my sexual partner quite like this in the middle I, of the
1: I, act. I i honestly think it is probably the only time he's ever done something a, a close to a sex scene. Right. And and he's just like, uh, I guess I should do this. I don't know. <laughs> Cause no comment. You know, he,
0: came, he came in. <laughs> <laughs> he came in hot off the set of Superman three where his, his sister oh, turns into a robot.
1: do <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't laugh.
0: That shit is scary <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if he's talking like, hey, you were in, you know, your sister's a werewolf. I just came off a set where my sister becomes a robot. What if we put these two things together and she's like, oh, God, your hands <laughs> <in my mouth." laughs> That was a great, that was a great visual gag, everyone, which is perfect for a podcast. <laughs> a non-video podcast. <laughs> and will remain so, everybody. <laughs> I did not get into radio to be seen. So uh, the next morning, who's still lying in bed, drugged out of his mind, not being turned into a werewolf, sadly, but Dr. Hamilton, no relation. And uh, being honest, I've never, again, not never been frightened by one frame of the hitchhiker until this point. But when he comes in, to that operating room going ooh well, he's got those he's
1: got those liquor shakes yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he he touches his forehead with the back of his hand that you know something bad is happening there that is not a
2: good sign well, and everyone in that room is now guilty of what happens next because those other doctors should have stepped in. I'm like, you motherfuckers, you know. Oh yeah. They're wrong. all like they're
1: all like, should we say something? And like no, nobody yes. says anything? Like, <laughs>
0: uh, let's see if he pulls this off. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Cut to <laughs> yeah. the worst happening.
2: Yeah. Well, and so um again, having had just had a procedure very similar to this the lines on her face, I have questions. (laughs) I'm like, why would they cut underneath her eyes like that? And that's going to scar no matter what. That's not how it works. So not to get TMI, but like they cut along my hairline and, peeled my face down like a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> i like, That's not- I
0: don't
1: know why you're getting yeah, so so you get you're grossed okay. out, Pat. I don't know why you're getting
0: grossed out, Pat. That sounds cool as hell. <laughs> I, okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm grossed out. I'm just, I, that, no, it's not every day someone says they peeled my face like a pizza. You, you gotta give me that.
2: <laughs> like, it was something I had to do to normalize when I was a mother god. Like, just to kind of, like, I just to make light of it. Because it was so intense. Because they they also were, like, literally shaving my scalp. And I'm like, I have to, like, find a way to live with it, like this idea of what they're about to do. And now I'm like, that's the most punk rock thing anyone's ever it done. It is. I was going to say, that is badass. <laughs> um, but they, they do it around the hairline. Because your hair grows back and it covers up the, the line um and so they wouldn't just cut the front of your face no like either the hairline
1: or maybe maybe like around the jawline where like it you know mm-hmm. you, you've got kind of the, like the natural shading that
2: covers up any scarring or anything like that yeah well and for that they would go through your mouth um and so I was very lucky because I like I said I, I, I had a cup of chin and um they were going to like through my mouth slice up my Chin and like put some, do some like plates and stuff in there. And, um, and, and instead they just like removed some fat from underneath my neck and injected it into my dimple. And I was like, thank you. It's like, yeah,
1: that sounds a lot better. Thanks. I, yeah.
2: I like yeah. that option better. Mm-hmm. I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. And they, and, and the pres- it was eight hours. I was under for eight okay, hours. And there were like 10 people in the room. But, um, but if they had done, anything if they had done that chin thing, then it, i would have been there longer which i think is why they were like you can't be under longer than that." so we're gonna have to get creative and would you would you have
1: had like uh would your jaw would have been wired and all or uh like would they have would have had to would you have to like you know be on like liquid a liquid diet for a
2: while or anything like that or mm-hmm. well i already yeah. had to I, even without that i was on a liquid diet Oh, uh, so, okay uh, Yeah, but I didn't uh, didn't have anything done to my jaw, and then it was just injecting my chin. But um, yeah, the the liquid things because I think my nose, I think, is why. Um, But yeah, and so the, the other thing about this surgery is there's like, it's amazing how like many little procedures that can be done on the face. So when I went through, it was like, I don't know, I thought it would be a lot more simple.
1: Yeah, no. And, uh, it's like every every portion, of the, every part's different and every and you know, the slightest change can really make a big difference to your whole face. Like like when you see like a lot of actors who like you know get, get a you know get a nose job, they're like unrecognizable afterwards. It's really it's fascinating.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't like, here, I want this kind of no you know, you can't just like shop out of a catalog what you want because you also have to work with what you already have. And um And it's also a very important distinction that this is not a cosmetic surgery. It's uh, a gender affirmation surgery. And so it's treated very differently. And it's why I spent a lot of time in trying to find the right surgeon because I wanted a woman to do it. And there were so many men that I talked to. um, and, And some were like invented certain like techniques of everything. But, um, but I was like, no, I, I need a woman to do this because I do not want. Um, a, a man making me look the way he thinks he, you know, I want, um,
1: right. I was going to say that I, I feel like with a man, you'd be trying to project like how he thinks you should look. Whereas you presumably had a, a, a pretty good idea
2: of what your ideal your results would be from the surgery. Mm -hmm. And so the level of customization of my face that I had input on with with my doctor, whom I love, was literally on a scale one to 10, 10 being the most feminine. What do you want? 10, please. (laughs) OK. I I really did not. She told me what they were going to do, but I didn't really know. All I knew and all I cared was that they were going to erase my masculine features and, um, and I was happy with that. So it's not like, you know, can you do this? Can we do that? It's just she, they will know best in terms of like what to do to, uh, with the canvas that, that they have. And, uh, so it, it was really cool and, and it makes it a lot easier to, you know, you
0: to bring there. it back to the sleeves element here. Um, Just such a heartening conversation. Um, It's the results here, you know, feel like you were able to get exactly what as much of what you could possibly get out of it as you could. And that's all Nina wants. And of course, the universe of the hitchhiker doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. And so Mm -hmm. when she gets out of surgery, they have this Twilight Zone esque reveal. Of how she looks. And then later, when they do reveal her face, she had, there's some sort of skeleton
1: work. (laughs) Like I said, it it looks like he, like, you're, I guess you're supposed to get the impression that he just like hacked at her face with his, with his scalpel. But it honestly looks like he just like knocked a beaker of acid on her face.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She got Uh, the Phantom of the Opera operation. Yeah, or like a Dementor kissed her and sucked the life
1: out (laughs) of her. Yeah, like, it's like, like, did you, did you like give her extra cheekbones? Like, what did you do (laughs) to her?
0: Why did she get the skullification series? Like, you weren't really supposed to touch that area. Why why I thought
1: she she just wanted her chin a little smaller. That's all. What have you
2: done? Oh, yeah well also and he was I only just, at
0: work for like five minutes how
2: is this the end
0: result of what happened
2: um it's also important to know that no matter whether it went well like it could have been the best surgery the <laughs> smoothest surgery ever you're gonna look like a mess for a couple months like <laughs> the fact that it was like oh don't freak out it's like well, yeah, man, I mean there's, a, there's always off. a lot of like <laughs> swelling and bruise. I mean, you know, the bruising
1: I imagine has to be like astonishing.
2: It was very scary. Yeah, I looked <laughs> I looked so scary. And and once I started feeling like well enough to go out and trying to make I I just couldn't every time I looked in the mirror, I was like I'm like ET and Jack. <laughs> <Like, laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, that's how I felt. That's what I was oh, just And this was uh, a successful subject.
0: Well, you know, maybe one day you'll be able to meet somebody at Airport Bar where Velour meets indoor plants (laughs) since 1977 and uh, seduce a Dr. Hamilton of your own, complete with so much sexy sacks oh my I god the
1: saxophones is like shrieking <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: the saxophone is having an orgasm like <laughs> clarence clemens is like that might be too much for saxophone <laughs> we might want to back up off of this
2: well, and, she, and girl works fast like overnight she was able to do this like incredible makeup job that should would get anyone else an oscar and yes. but she also like figured out what flight he's gonna be on she somehow managed to to secure an unused plane. She's not, <laughs> oh, she's like yes. not
1: completely stoned on painkillers, which I I would especially have to be. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but I do like I do like that reveal, that nice little twist of when she says she's a makeup artist, he thinks she means like applying cosmetics. And mm. she's actually talking about, you know, you know, no, I do like you know special effects makeup, which I thought yeah. was a, a I thought that was a nice little little twist at the end because he immediately, yeah, whatever you put blush on faces or whatever. But But no, she meant, no, I worked with like prosthetics and stuff like that. And I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. In fact, me in the beginning of the the show was I'm a secret shopper and I wore prosthetics on my face just to see how you were as a doctor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so she basically cons him into exposing where his ticket is. Gets him to an isolated place, which happens to be an open airplane. Like you could just walk in there. That
1: free 9-11 Eric is walking to yeah. an unused <laughs> plane. Just,
0: you're not using this right. We can hump here, right? And the ground crew's like, I guess we're not leaving for 45 minutes. We're on lunch. Do whatever you want. <laughs> and so she sits him down, yanks off that prosthetic, like she's in fucking Mission Impossible. And is like- Uh, I hope you like Robin Hood on guard, motherfucker, and slices half of his face up good.
1: Yeah, it's a little disappointing because it it does make it look like she goes to town on his entire face. But like, and then the end, it's just like half his face. It's like, oh, come on. Uh.
0: Like, at least stab his hands so he can't go back to work. Like, it's not like... Every other minute, he's like my face, my face, my face. He doesn't really care about his face. Fuck up his hands. You want to get mm. to him? Fuck up his hands. Yeah, take away
2: his livelihood. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, then, and she does. You know, she is. She like morphs her voice too, which is really eerie. <laughs> right. And and yeah. again, like she, she had the ability to speak like that this entire time. Like in the beginning, it's just it just seemed odd. It was like, okay, I, I get it in terms of putting on a show to like really fuck mm-hmm. with this guy. But, um, but it just seemed really weird to see the ability that she had. And then that's how she presented in the beginning. I you think,
0: know, I think like they the, had so much money in the research budget and they poured all of it into actually listening to a trans person. Yeah. And I'm glad they spent the money there, but they Good. didn't spend it anywhere else. No, no. <laughs> There's no other research done in this. They don't like, where should we put these lines? Can someone change their voice? None of that. They don't like, this is the hitchhiker, baby. You're on this ride. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, he's just mumbling to himself in a hospital bed with, with an ouchie. Um, but really, it I mean, it's, be a pretty,
1: it's a pretty big ouchie. But I feel like, you know, with another an plastic surgeon could could probably fix that up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like stab out his eyes. So here's what we, the problem we have here is usually we choose our own death venture where we decide of the deaths we see, you know, which one would we choose if forced to and why, but there are no deaths in this episode, but there's one person who deserves the death. So we're going to, we're going to choose the own death adventure for this character that he should have gotten. And uh, so, you know, think in your mind, where where does this guy really need
2: to get it, and how should he get it? Uh, Kay, you're our guest, and I choose you to go first. Overdose, because then he would have never showed up to do the procedure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if he had like died
0: by sexual misadventure by Sybil Danning. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't
2: <laughs> want I don't want her to be at any more risk than is like. T- t- titillating.
0: <laughs> oh, no. yeah, she's she's very healthy. I I, yeah. I she's a very healthy woman. I think she would have been able to survive anything Robert Vaughn would have brought on. Is my guess. Um, so I think he would have just you know this is too much for me. Which I think most men would say in the scope of oh my god I'm in a bed with Sybil that, that, well, Sybil That's that's also, honestly
2: like, true. There was a lot of coke on that table too. Right. <laughs> and and yes. alcohol. And so I just give me a clean heart attack because then he, he won't hurt anyone else.
0: I enjoy that. Gina, what say you?
2: I think he needs a little more humiliation. So I would like
1: to see <laughs> him have uh, purchased a, 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 a sandwich from an airport cafe and, and have <laughs> it painted. And then he just basically shits. He just like shits and or vomits himself to death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or preferably both if you get it coming and going oh yeah uh,
1: everybody's I, had that kind of that that level of food poisoning where it's just you're just like a fountain so i mean like yeah. like you know it'd be great if it was be great if that happened to him but it just like didn't stop until he died
0: <laughs> just a torrent um i think a there's gotta be some hand damage you gotta Amityville horror those hands where something just smashes right down on him and he still feels it he feels every every bone in there get dusted and they're just wet bags of blood at the end. <laughs> then you put the balls in the windowsill and those go. I was
1: gonna say you then, could bring you could bring, you could bring Sybil Danning back into it and like have right. him like just like stomp on his feet with like the you know, those really, really sharp stilettos.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm all for this death by Sybil Danning, and it's not sexual. I mean, she's sexual, but you're not getting any satisfaction out of it. You're just getting bloody body parts back until the point you can't take it anymore and you pass away and you don't never pick up a scalpel again.
2: <laughs> all of this sounds great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll, we'll get our, we'll our alternate endings like Clue.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. here's, here's how it could have
0: happened <laughs> <laughs> Tim Curry just running the audience really. <laughs> dear god Sybil you've got to get to this other room <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, that just about does it, but before we go, uh, Kay, uh, where can
2: people, uh, hear more about what you're doing and the festival and all that? Sure. Yeah. Well, you can catch up with me on Instagram, on video Coven and, uh, also Salem Horror on Instagram and the fest will return on April 25th and run through May 5th. And, uh, we got a lot of fun things blend it's our seventh year and um it's a great time it's i just have to emphasize how much nicer it is to come to salem when it's not october oh
1: god i'm sorry
2: (laughs) i I have a friend who's like oh we gotta go up there sometime like i'm like yes but not in october please (laughs) no it's a shit show it's not pleasant um so but everything that happens in october happens every other day of the year so um, and, and it's actually quite, it's a really pretty city. So, it, you know, without the hordes of people, you can actually enjoy it more. And we're, we're a seaside community and it, it, it's just very nice. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'll be working on for the next few months. And uh, you have fantastic guests that are there. I know that Faculty
0: of Horror has been there a mm-hmm. bunch and, since the
2: beginning this and they're back they're coming back so they it's like it's not the fest without them um yeah you know they're they're part of the founding the foundation of our, our event i
0: worship at the altar of those two they're incredible and i think what you're doing up there is amazing and hopefully one day i can make my way across the great united states to come and check it out because i would love to do that love uh, to have gina you. Uh, where can people find you on these here internets?
1: I write about television and movies at spool.net. I have a Substack, Gina watches things.substack.com. And I am on most social medias except for Twitter
0: under Gina does things. Do it today, people. Check it out. And, of course, you can find us on all the socials with the exception of Twitter. Fuck that place. And, uh, of course, our Patreon where we're doing extra bits for you that are super fun, chat by chat, bonus episodes, movie commentaries, and so much more. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. It helps us be seen and heard by more people. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Don't worry, folks. The erotic body count will continue next week for myself, for Gina and Kay. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Bye. See ya.